Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Oh, yeah, it's me, but not just me. As you know, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, on Wednesdays, the smiling, if you're watching on the stream, and thanks to all of you who are doing that, you can find it easily on YouTube or WTMG.com. Andy Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert. You look sunshiny today. Well, here's what happened. I, I kind of, you know, I sort of forget that you have the, the, the camera so yes. people can watch. So I, I took a tip. Actually, I took a tip from, from Sandy Max. Well, whenever I leave here, She's always got like makeup on, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm and I, I said, "Wow, you know what? Do you, what do you got going on today? You got like traffic court or something?" It's like, no, <laughs> you know, it just makes me feel better. Uh, and then I went back and looked at a couple of oh. those skill, those still shots mm. that you guys grab, like yeah. the screenshots. Always the worst possible. Dreadful. Mm-hmm. I think Dreadful. Charlie. I think producer Charlie does that on purpose. The worst image that he can find of me or a guest, he uses that one. I'd like to think not, but I'm sure that people hope, look I'm at it and they the think that, hey, look, Scafidi's doing a before and after makeover thing. <laughs> right. And we caught the before. Well, whatever it's, it is, whether it's Sandy's advice or you're just self-reflection, look at you all sunshiny on this Wednesday. <gasps> Thank you. So let me ask you this, because, you know, big day tomorrow, right? Thanksgiving. Right, right. Not just, just because of the Packers game, but because we, we celebrate together, we give thanks. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions about Thanksgiving, your version. Now, you surprised me in the in the walk-in. I didn't realize you're a big cook. Well, that's because I make fun of, you know, everything. Yes, yes. And, uh, and I have got all those princess proclivities, but no, I'm, I love to cook. And, uh, for years and years, uh, I made uh, Thanksgiving dinner and invited friends and invited officers who were working on that day to stop by because I live in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, now I, uh, I think in the last, uh, boy, in the last, I don't know, at least 10 years, uh, I've been going to uh, to my cousin's house. They are uh, they're Mexican, and so we do Mexican Thanksgiving. What's that look like? That looks like the best sides ever, and <laughs> and then they do like a turkey and you know some things like that. But it's it's the best sides ever. It's it's homemade salsa. It's um, esquites like the street corn. Oh, that's delicious. Oh, it's, it's, that's the best. It's great food. It's great food, and uh, and I just I love it. I love mixing those. Those traditions together, and it's my family. We're cousins by marriage, so nice. So, so when you made the turkey, yes, walk me through your process because I'm I'm fat. We, I did a whole hour on this yesterday. The, the turkey cooking process, oh like my. what size would you buy? 15, 20 pounder, smaller one. Gosh, I wasn't prepared for a quiz. You um, throw it in the oven, right? Yeah, well, oh, so much more before that, Stephen. My the goodness. prepping. Yeah, there's the there's the um, butter mixed with maple syrup mm-hmm. uh, and some spices and some some uh, herbs yes. that go under the skin. Oh, so you know what you're doing. Oh, I don't. I'm Where did you develop this culinary skill? I've always loved to cook. My mom was was very ill the whole time I was a, as a kid, and so I started making meals for her. And she just thought it was so much fun when I took out the Betty Crocker cookbook and I would just make something out of there. Uh, food is, I, I, I've always entertained, love having people come to the house. Um, hate the thing where you're cleaning before they come. 
because now you're looking around at your house saying, God, if they see that, what are they going to think of, you know? Right. And then the things that you realize are out in the open that you need to, you know, put away. All so. right. Two more Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving questions. Thanksgiving questions. Yeah. I, I just made up a word there. Uh, your favorite side dish, it would be what? Oh, boy. It was my grandma's stuffing. She made a. That stuffing is the right answer on the question. She made a stuffing that was like the best thing ever. Um, it was uh, pork sausage stuffing. Ooh. You know, it was the 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 bread bread cubes, but not uh, but not in the same way that uh, you know that that you would um, that you'd buy them. You have to make them. So it's a whole thing. All right, worst side dish. You see this side dish, you're running away, Ooh. screaming. I I don't love that whole. I don't love that green bean yeah. cream of mushroom Me soup too. onion ring thing. It just. No. It, I don't know. It makes me it makes me scared. What about cream corn? What's your thoughts on cream corn? You know what? If you ever end up going to Ward's for dinner, Ward's House of Prime, they do a, a creamed corn, but they do truffled corn. And that is fabulous. So I've tried to imitate that. But as with everything else that you get, you know, it's somewhere else. All right. It's, that's a, that's enough Thanksgiving stuff. You know, Mark's on his way to, to, uh, to his mom's. He's over the river and through the woods. He rented a car because he's going to be coming back um, on a band tour bus, but we'll save that story for later. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, well, we'll we get to that later. We so. can get to that. But he's they gave him a Kia Ooh. At, the rental, at the rental car place. And he took the Kia? He took the Kia. He, he said he asked them first if there was any kind of car that he needed to get rid of or anything. Yeah. So. And they took him literally. Yeah. Yes. Well, and he's worried if he drops under 65 miles an hour, he, somebody's going to steal it. <laughs> so he's very, very nervous. It's a nice segue to our next conversation, which is the way we look at crime and things like car theft and just every sort of crime and how Americans perceive that. That's going to be our next topic. And then we got a really fun last half hour talking about the holidays and public safety folks. Right. Because unlike a lot of us, those people are working on Absolutely. those days. The, but the good stories, the funny stories. Yes. So we're, we're not going to do boohoo. We're no, going to do not fun. sad. We're going to, and we're going to solicit because we know a lot of members of the law, of the law enforcement public safety communities uh, listen. To this hour, especially, we'll we'll ask them to um, give us a call as well or text us. Oh, I hope they do. 855-616-1620 on some of your Thanksgiving or other holiday experiences as a member of the public safety community. So kind of a nice segue to the holiday. Annie Schwartz, my fantastic guest, every Wednesday, 9 o'clock hour, our public safety hour right here on WTMJ Now. You know, if you hear that song, you know who's in the building in the in the studios here at the Avenue. Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, a fantastic cook. We we discovered earlier. Oh, don't tell people that ruins my image. People think I'm just kind of you know cool, fast going. You know, just the the career I, girl. I don't think it impacts any of that. That's just another layer to the Annie Annie story, the Annie <laughs> Schwartz story. When is your book about yourself coming out? By the way, when is that book coming out? People I know you ask, got the Dahmer books. People ask me that. All the time. And I, I have to stories. wait for so many people to die, Steve. Ooh, that, is that? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah got to wait for a lot of people to well, die. Don't, don't wait too long or you'll be joining them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's uh, true. We, we are both getting up there, as they say. As they say. And I would have to move to some place where, like those old fortresses that I see when I travel around the, you know, around the world, where you can see the enemy coming you know, by sea. <laughs> I would have to live in one of those places because after I would tell all my... My stories, which I find terribly entertaining, others don't always. Well, I mean, specifically the subjects. Yeah, if they're yeah, if they're not necessarily cast in the best light. But I, I, you're a good storyteller, so I imagine that would be sort of an interesting book. What would you call that book? Annie's stories. Oh right? boy, like I have no. You know what? I have no idea. I, 
I just I I, I would kind of like to just hide in the hide in the shadows and go away where social media doesn't exist. That's how I view I'm with the rest you on, of my I'm life. with you on that one. All right, so you shared, uh, and we talked about uh, before the show, uh, a study about the criminal justice system. This is sort of a big topic, but I, I want to flesh it out a little bit and talk about perception. And this, this study um, looks at how Americans look at the U.S. criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest points of this study is that more and more of us... 58%, a majority of Americans say that the criminal justice system is not tough enough. And I would say, what took you so long to come to that conclusion? Well, it's, you know, it, 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 it ebbs and flows, yes. right? So uh, this is a Gallup poll, by the way. They do an annual poll, uh, an annual crime survey. And they do it in uh, in October, which I think is interesting because it's after summer. I don't know if summer is still on people's minds when typically crime is is up. Uh, but, uh, I find it interesting that people don't think we're being tough enough, uh, because I still remember when back in the day we did, uh, hotspot policing. Here's, you look at the map. Here's where, you know, here's where the, the crime is. So we're putting a lot of cops there. I also remember stop and frisk, which was going into the, into the high crime neighborhoods and getting, you know, and getting people to, uh, you know, and just stopping people and saying, hey, what's going on? And, and truly stop and frisk as long as you had probable cause. Yeah. The other one is broken windows. That is that. And that is the essence of, of broken windows. Uh, when when um, Chief Bill Bratton uh, was the chief of police in at NYPD in New York, the first thing he went after was turnstile jumpers. He said, we get those guys, we get the turnstile jumpers and we are showing people that law and order has a place in the city. And and there were historic crime drops in New York under his watch. Is that sort of backtracked from those rather stricter enforcement policies? Again, some of it's workload and, and workforce. We've got to acknowledge that because mm-hmm. the numbers are less on, on the public safety side. But is that pullback part of the response by government and elected officials that say, you know what, that's too much? And there, you said there's an ebb and flow. We see waves of that, and, and some of this was... was pronounced from the racial social justice perspective. You're being too hard on some members of the community. Pull back. Now, I'm a fan of broken windows because I think it sets a tone. Now, you you also have to be reasonable. You know, if somebody's doing something once, yeah, okay, if it's a minor thing, that's one thing. But if they're a constant offender of even small things, for example, we have individuals in Milwaukee and Milwaukee County who are repeatedly arrested over and over again. There, there's some individual that has like a hundred different charges against them. And he's just continually re-released. Why would we, sh- we be shocked that he's going to continue and, and go out and perform criminal acts? So whether we acknowledge that reality or whether we are going to do something about it, this is what I think the public is saying. And so when I talk to some of the people that are experts, so-called experts on the big issues in our country, they point to this stuff and say, Crime. That's what people are thinking about. In the case of the Milwaukee area, city, county, I think it's true. It's absolutely true. You know, I saw a story on uh, on Channel 12 last night where they were talking about uh, the homicide rates and, 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 and clearance rates for homicides. And the they had somebody from the Milwaukee Police Department talking about, you know, all the stats and things. And one of the things I think that people, it, it's all about that perception, isn't it? It's about what is the perception of what crime is. And 
people who are experts in policing have always told me that homicide is not a good predictor of crime. It's not a good measure of crime because it's a deeply personal crime. Uh, when you're looking at crime that comes in waves like the carjackings, like the reckless driving, like drug dealing, those are, are crimes that come in uh, th- that come in, in waves. You see a lot of them all at the same time. We've certainly seen reckless driving and car thefts. Out of control. And I, I'm using that word, and I don't like to use that word. But, you know, a lot of things in policing changed post-George Floyd. So George Floyd was May 25th, 2020. But before that, before that, there's the national kind of think tanks and the national experts in policing who talk about the fact that, um, you know, we need to shift from the and this was a, this is an actual quote from that group we have to shift from the warrior mentality to the guardian mentality so while when i i started the Milwaukee police department's very first um uh really interactive website uh and it was it was pretty that it was pretty interesting to to do that uh i we started it with all kinds of pictures of gorgeous uh we had uh we had tanks we had, you know, the the the, the um, rescue vehicle, right, right. which is actually a tank. It's an armored vehicle. Right. It says rescue right next to the gun turret. <laughs> right. um, and we were, you know, we kind of look at that and we say, okay, we need people to feel that we are gentler. So they took all those references off of the off of the website, and then they they replaced it with, you know, officers in the community, people doing things in the community, and that's where you can really see a difference in in police chiefs. Ed Flynn was very much about whatever the national conversation is in policing. That is what we that is what we want. But also, um, we, we're we're looking at the you know at, at what happens when we have now Chief Norman very community focused, and it's not that Chief Flynn was not being community focused, but he knew that what he was going to hear when he went to the community meetings was going to be crime. Do something about crime, uh, and and I and I'm sure Chief Norman is hearing the same thing. But it's a very it's a very different focus. But I think there are people, and this survey tells us, doesn't it, mm-hmm. that they want to see they want to see that stronger enforcement coming back. But I hope they're prepared for that community blowback where they say, "Wait a minute, you're disproportionately stopping certain races of people." You have to be brave enough to say, "Look, if you're committing the crime." Your your faith, your color, your creed, whatever, does not matter. You're committing the crime. You have to be brave enough to say that. But the one of the ways you can get around that question, not get around, but face that question head on, is to be honest in what you're, you're doing on the streets of Milwaukee mm-hmm. or, or whatever municipality you're talking about. This is what we're going to do. This is the area we are going to focus on because we have our residents are concerned about this. So whether it's reckless driving, and I think there's been a pretty coordinated effort to, to look at that issue mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways, including changing roadways, increasing the monitoring of traffic, looking at maybe using more of the of the ticket or the, the citation uh, method of, of going after everybody that's driving too fast. Towing the cars. Towing the cars. Towing the cars is a huge one. You take that car, you're... You can't do that, that action. And that's a that's a strong indicator. We even see it on. I don't want to get into a gun debate here, but pe- domestic abusers who have shown a history of using firearms in domestic abuse, they shouldn't have guns. And that's I know that some people think it's a debatable topic. It's not. They've shown a preponderance to use that firearm against a spouse, a partner, a family member. It, 
Yeah, I get the, the the thing where you say they've served their time. That's fine. But until they've served their time, that should not be something they are allowed to get their hands on. My, and I'm not my the, take. Yeah, and I'm not the guy who says who says they served their time. Let's all have it be, you know, lovely when it comes to domestic abuse. Right. I lost my father to domestic violence. I didn't know. And that. and so what I what I know is that that having a, a, a law that says you can't have a gun if you are, you know, convicted of, of domestic violence, that's one of those, you know, don't put the sharp end of the stick in your eye things. Right. Right. It so. seems obvious, but yet we still, I still have people argue that point to me. It's a Second Amendment thing, though. That's the, I and, get it. and that's a tough, the, the, I, I hate those arguments because I am a Second Amendment guy. I am a gun owner, but I also, you know, I, I want to have smart conversation. But even the Second Amendment has limits. We don't people running around with bazookas on their shoulders running around cities, right? There are limits to everything. We don't let people take loaded guns on airplanes. We actually don't let people take guns on airplanes unless they have a, unless they have a good reason to do that. So there are limits already. It's just what we decide as a country and a culture, what are our rules? Every society, every culture has rules. What are our rules going to be? All right, so I want to spend a little more time on this, and then we're going to get to some sort of a fun way to look at the holidays, and and keep in mind as you go about your festivities in the next four days, because Thanksgiving is a much bigger thing than just Thursday. It's Friday, Black Friday, and a lot of people do the stuff on the weekend because they're again working on the holiday itself. I saw somebody had a Tuesday Thanksgiving. It's you know it's the pretend death march of Thanksgiving. It is just <laughs> right. it's the stores. It's forever. But as you go about your day or nights, there are people who are actively still working like it's not a holiday. Give them some respect. Don't get in their face. Don't make it life more difficult. They would like to be home with their families, but they're protecting us as we are doing that very thing. We've got some great examples. Yes. And we're, we're we're, get we'll talk that. about those. But we got some great examples of, of people who, you know, were working on those days and things that just, you know, regular you know citizens did to make that a little bit better for them on a Thanksgiving day. Absolutely. Annie Schwartz, the Public Safety Hour, right here on WTMJ Now. Annie Schwartz joining us in the studio, the Avenue Studios here on beautiful Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee. You're listening to WTMG now, Steve Scafini, Annie Schwartz. So, a couple people asked this question. I'm going to ask. I'm going to paraphrase it and then kind of expand on it. So, we talk a lot about stopping crime, like enforcements, uh, manpower. You know, all the all the things that a lot of us have been talking about for a long time on talk radio. Uh, one of the texters, and I, and I'm going to play off this question. The the focus maybe should be on solving crimes or actually charging crimes, because we know that's a problem as well, more so than preventing crime. So you solve the crimes that are happening, because not everything's 100%. We know that. Even murders aren't, aren't all solved. And that's a manpower issue as well. But does the solving part of this, the charging part and convicting part of that, is that often the part that we forget about? We, we It's so much on the law enforcement community. What are you doing about this? Why aren't you stopping this? When, in fact, there's layers to this, the solving parts, the charging, the convicting part that maybe we are dropping the ball on, and that is leading to, in some cases, reckless driving, car theft, an explosion of those kinds of cases. You know, Steve, there is a, there's a, and as, a, as someone who, who teaches a lot about public information and public communication, I, I look at the, uh, I think that we could do a much better job of educating when it comes to public information, both in our police departments, and I'm not saying local, I'm saying all law enforcement agencies, and prosecutors' offices. Because when I say to a prosecutor, I can't believe you let that guy go. I can't believe you let that guy go. He was a burglar, 
And then the prosecutor says back to me, yeah, but there weren't any detectives available to go and gather the evidence at the crime. And so we had one of the first line officers do it and they screwed something up or something was inadmissible. And we didn't have enough that we could take it to court with a, you know, with a reasonable assurance that we could could uh, could either get a guilty plea or a conviction. I'm not making excuses, but I think we have to educate people about what our I, I don't always want to put it on on the uh, on the prosecutors and on the court systems. I, I think there's a fair amount of blame to be laid all over. But I think we have to educate people about what happens after you call 911 and a police officer shows up at your house. What are they investigating? Who's coming to gather that information? Who's cooperating with the investigation? Who's cooperating with the investigation? I mean, there's another you know, there's another piece, uh, you know, and I I, I defend I defend my friends in, in law enforcement because people want everything. They just want it all. And you cannot have it all when it comes to when it comes to law enforcement. We have we have a we have a crisis. We have a crisis in hiring, recruitment, retention. I mean, you've got ask any and I challenge you ask any officer you see on the street from any agency. Ask them how much time they have left before uh, before retirement. They will have a countdown, yeah. you know, clock I've on the, on the phone yes. or on the watch or on something, or they just know it off the top of their head. Yeah, unfortunately. And that's sad. That makes me sad. Real quick to put a ribbon on before we got we got to take another break here. Um, so if we're looking at this problem from the perspective of what do we do about the future, my concern is that there's a rise in juvenile crime. There's a truancy issue with Milwaukee MPS. I just saw a, a report, uh, a thing by Wisconsin Public Radio, that suggests that there's a thousand students that are registered for MPS that never go to school. Teenagers never go to school. Anybody think not to indict all those kids before they've done anything wrong, but anybody think that's not a pool of, of people who may be looking to get in trouble or can be influenced by people who are already doing those types of things. I think there's real danger in not looking at the juvenile aspect of this story because those juveniles who are getting involved in these situations are going to be adults that do that. And it may be worse. Mm-hmm. And then let's game it out. So, okay, so we just, we go, we go, you know, all in on truancy enforcement, right? So now you've got police officers out and they are picking up, uh, you know, our daytime burglars and kids who are supposed to be in school. And then what do they do with them? Where do they go? That's the problem. And there we are. Now we're back. You can't just send them back home. Exactly. This is why I've talked about things like work camps, uh, a facility where you hold them overnight. We have to be unafraid to do something different. And I understand this is controversial, but if you teach kids in an environment where they can't just walk out the door or disrespect their educators, they can learn a skill. They may actually see something that that puts a light at the end of the tunnel for them, but unless you're willing to be that brave with the process, you're not going to make any headway here. And that's my concern. All right, we're going to shift gear completely after the break. There are a lot of people working in public safety who are going to work during the holiday. We're going, to, we're going to share some of those stories. We encourage those members of the law enforcement community, public safety community, to share them with us as well, 855-616-1620. A lot of people doing great work while we'll, while we'll all stuff in our face with turkey. So let's talk about those folks after this on WTMJ Now. Law enforcement communications expert Annie Schwartz joining us in studio, the Avenue Studios here in downtown Milwaukee, WTMJ Now. Stephen and Annie talking about the holiday that's coming up, the, really the holiday weekend, long holiday weekend, and, and, and it's about, you know, stuff in our faces and all that stuff and family and friends and football. 
and uh, probably some alcohol involved in, as well. So uh, I always say this and around any of the holidays, actually any time of year, um, if you're drunk, don't drive. There's so many options now. Don't do that. It's, it's, it's dumb. I know you don't always make your best decisions when you're under the influence, but think about what you're doing. It, it's dangerous, and, it, and, and to our next subject, it actually makes it harder for the folks who have to work on holidays, which is our next topic on, on the program. Um, so, so many men and women will be working this holiday and other holidays, and we asked them to share some of their stories, and, and you've got some good ones. And I, I, I love, one, that they're, they want to share the stories, and two, we welcome that, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line, because there are certainly stories out there. There are great stories out there. There are great stories out there. There are, um, I, I have asked some of uh, some of the people that I know in law enforcement from all over the state, from actually from all over, just to share some. And it's not just law enforcement, it's public safety. Yes. So we are talking about police, fire, sheriffs, EMTs. We're talking about funeral home directors. I didn't mm-hmm. think about funeral home directors. Yes, the yeah. medical examiner. Mm-hmm. Thinking about all of those, uh, all of those. In fact, uh, I got a note here from uh, uh, one of my friends who's a, a, a former uh, a former medical examiner who said that Thanksgiving begins what they call the dark season of suicides between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, you know, the first responders who are dealing with that. I mean, I, 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 this is a little of a, of a this is sort of a, a dark point, but I think it's important as we talk to the public about what first responders are doing on the uh, on the holidays. So it really is the it's the season of contrast, you know, between what you see and deal with on the job. And then you hear the, you know, the Christmas song, it's the most wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. wonderful time of the life. year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking about this, it seems like a simple ask, but I just did it before with the alcohol thing. If you think about what you're doing in respect to the holiday and the people that have to monitor our behavior, whether you're speeding or you know driving under the influence or whatever it is, getting yourself in, involved in a situation, if you think about something before you do it, you're actually reducing the workload for the folks who have to work on these holidays. It, make it, their life easier. It, Why would we want to make them harder? Thanksgiving, you know, is the troika of, you know, danger, right? It's it's families all together with, you know, with carving utensils and alcohol. <laughs> right. So it's the troika of just bad things all in one place at one time. Well, but even tonight, Annie, tonight is, what's the term, Blackout Wednesday? I, was, I never heard that till you told me that. I I, was, I, I never heard it till yesterday. And I, apparently the, the, the tradition is you, you go out with your buddies and friends from college or work and you get drunk in a in a local establishment, and I don't know that everyone's going to make the best decision on what they do after they leave. So that just that on its own, it's not waiting till Thanksgiving. It's happening tonight. I was not aware that it had a name. So that and the, and what a troubling name. But yes. uh, I've got a great. Uh, so some of the stories that I that I asked for, I said, tell me about a memory of working on Thanksgiving. So it's not necessarily what do you do on Thanksgiving. It's give me a memory of working on, on Thanksgiving. And, and one officer uh, sent me a note and said, uh, uh, my only memory is, is sitting on a house. He said he was assigned to watch it. He had to, to sit on it. He said nobody was coming in. Nobody's coming out. He said in that eight-hour period that he was sitting on, on this house, uh, he had five or more families bring me and offer me dinner, drinks, and dessert. He said some sat and talked, thanked me, or just wanted to say hi. He said it was an amazing feeling of being appreciated in a thankless job. And and it, it's funny to me because when he sent me that story, he said, oh, I'm sure you've got better stories than that. No, that is the story that, that we want to that we want to tell, because I want to encourage other people to to do that. Well, when we use the word community, when it comes to community policing, community also it's not just 
interacting with the folks who are getting in trouble. It's interacting with the folks who want to help law enforcement, help public safety. And if the, the interaction in a neighborhood or a, let's say, a public institution or a public setting like a Starbucks and you see an officer or somebody else, fire, fire professional, say hi to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, offer it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not somebody you have to fear. No. You can go up to them and be nice. And I and I I'm encouraged by the fact that I, as mayor, I used to see this all the time. Local restaurants that are open, some aren't, and they donate food to all those folks mm-hmm. at their at their departments at their agencies, and also the public doing that, walking with a dozen donuts or a, a freshly baked pie, also very cool. But when you see someone in the public safety community. First and foremost, wish them a happy Thanksgiving. Wish mm-hmm. just give them a greeting. I'm thankful for you working today. Yeah, yeah. It's simple as that. And look, we have a lot of work to do when it comes to communication between community and police. We've talked about it extensively on this hour and on this program. We can always be better, and it's never been more challenging for public safety than it is now. I, I heard Chief Lipsky talking about Northridge, and and God bless him. He said it, a, a direct quote, paraphrased, of course that he would take a bulldozer and knock down Northridge on his own because it's become a dangerous place for his folks. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about all of that, don't make extra work for these folks. Think about what they're going through and think about what they're doing. All right, so we're welcoming those sort of fun stories about law enforcement, public safety, and the holiday, 855-616-1620. Another quick break here. Annie and Steve, WTMJ Now. Oh, this hour goes so fast. Andy Schwartz joining me, law enforcement communications expert. Let's go to the phone lines. Rick from Palmyra joins us. Hi, Rick. Yes. Uh... Oh, did we lose Uh-oh. him? Oh, we lost him. Oh, no. Call back, Rick. And he's got a couple of texts. There we go. I love this one. Uh, I've got a couple here real quick. Uh, uh, one friend uh, who used to work up in uh, in the town of Menasha, he said uh, uh, the crews in the town of Menasha and city Menasha used to all get together and meet together for a local Chinese restaurant for a meal on uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, and this one, I've heard this story. I've heard this with many people. And one of the things that I've heard is is Nancy Hovey, who is the sheriff up in Pierce County, she said, I loved working Thanksgiving. It started. She started in 1988. She said, I always worked the holiday so officers could be with their families. Uh, and then she said the people in, you know, Ellsworth would invite her for a meal. She said it was just an amazing community. And I know a lot of sheriffs and a lot of police chiefs. I mean, we've heard about people of different faiths working for others on Christmas. But I love this idea that the boss says, you know what? Here's my Thanksgiving to you. You guys work hard every day, and I'm gonna I'm working for you tonight. So thank you, Sheriff Hovey, for sharing that with me. That's awesome, like a great awesome. story. Now it's not just the public safety folks. I, I got a great text from the seven one five. I work in healthcare oh, yeah. in an emergency department. My best memories are are of my work family. Everyone chipped in to make a holiday meal, which we could eat in spurts between this is the sad part, drunks, overdoses, trauma, and other run of the mill catastrophes. Yeah, and farmers as well. They're out there working on holidays. They don't they really get a, a day off. So, again, think about all those folks. I think we're going to get Rick back here in a second from calling from Paul Myra. I see the line lit up. Do you have another text or no? Good. I hope so. No, I hope he uh, I hope he calls back. I'm having I, I'm just loving reading these. These are so and a lot of these are from people uh, if you uh, who are, are responding on, uh, you know, on on Facebook. Uh, they talk about, uh, you know, getting sent to a family trouble on Thanksgiving because remember the triumvirate. We have the, yes. we have uh, alcohol, we have knives, and we have family. Uh, so uh, be careful. Be careful out Rick there. Rick from Palmyra joins us. Oh, hey, good. Rick. Come on, Rick. Hi, Steve. There he How is. are you? I'm good. Hey, Rick. 
Hi, how are you? I'm good. You got uh, a story? Being a retired law enforcement office. Being a retired law enforcement officer, we had an interesting uh, experience on Christmas Eve. Um, we got responded to a bar that a uh, gentleman was passing a counterfeit $100 bill. Hmm. Officers arrived on scene, and we had Santa, the bartender, fully dressed in his outfit and had the gentleman tackled to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) We get in there, and uh, he was fully dressed in his outfit and gave us the $100 bill, and we took this gentleman into custody. But that's just an interesting story that you miss your family on that night and something good turned out about the uh, the whole situation. Rick, thanks for the story and th- thanks for your that. service Thank as well. you, Rick. There's, this is why we have such dreadful senses of humor, such dark senses of humor. Um, I got one text from one of the, the, the guys I used to, to work with many, many years ago, and he said uh, he was sent to more than like 45 years ago, so he's, a, he's, he's an old-timer. He said uh, we got sent to a, a family trouble. That's what we used to call it, family trouble. And he said the husband was so drunk when they got in there that he ripped both the legs off the turkey and started swinging him at the cops. Wow. Don't <laughs> be said, that guy. Don't be that guy. They took him down and then, you know, that was, uh, his wife said, ah, he'll probably sleep that off. It's okay. You know, I often, um, I benefit as a broadcaster from taking a pause occasionally because you can get pretty worked up and we, we do get worked up with a lot of things we talk about. And the same thing works in those kind of situations because you and I both know having been, you, you've been directly involved with public safety and I, you know, have worked with those folks that, these family troubles, as you call them, mm-hmm. are sometimes the most violent instances of, you know, the things that public safety has to work on. So take a pause when you're thinking about the heated conversations and everything that can go with that alcohol. Throwing a, uh, hopefully not, but a Packers loss, that makes people irritated. Mm-hmm. Take one more call from Bob in Waukesha. Hey, Bob. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. Hey, Bob. Good. Hello, and happy holidays to both of you. Appreciate that. I, 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 I thought this was kind of generic holidays, uh, and I just wanted to let you know the Miami-Dade Police Department had an officer, Robert Zor, killed in the line of duty on Christmas Day. And you worked in, my, in, in Miami-Dade, right? That's correct. This was back in the 80s, and I believe it took place at the Dadeland Mall, which at that time was a... a pretty substantial mall. I imagine, Bob, in your career, your long career, that you had to work a lot of holidays. How did you approach them? I'm not sure my approach changed on holidays. I I had a job to do, and and typically, you know, although I did work robbery and homicide for 14 years, I was on motorcycles, so uh, that was strictly enforcement. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I went out and did, did the job that I was paid to do. And Well, we appreciate your service, Bob, and, uh, and, and certainly sharing the story about your, your buddy who was killed on a Christmas day. You have a great holiday season as well. Bob calling from, I think he had 40 years in law enforcement. Wow. He's a, a regular fan of the show yeah. and, and a great guy. I've met him a bunch of times. So he knows the, uh, he knows all the stories. I, I had another person sent me a, a note and said, yeah, if you're, he said that one of the joys of Thanksgiving is that it comes right after that gun deer season. So sometimes people still have the gun in the car. 
Yeah. So he said he's seen more than a share of bar fights and when some guy runs to the car and pulls out the shotgun. Yeah. So don't be that guy either. Don't um, be that guy. Closing thought before we uh, let you get out of here uh, and to get ready for your Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, you know what? We're talking about people who are working on Thanksgiving, and i got to give a shout to my good friend Jesse James Dupree. He uh, has, a, has a band called Jackal, and Jackal is, uh, they just have a, a new, uh, new album out called uh, Breathing Fire, and uh, they are in St. Charles, Illinois. Um, uh, Friday night, they are going to be, or actually, they're going to be Saturday night at, in Green Bay. Mark is on the tour bus with these guys. And he is, it's just fun. I was going to go, but then they're just like, who's the overweight groupie? It's probably somebody's <laughs> mother. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you're talking about Thanksgiving. I am, I am thankful for everybody who is working on Thanksgiving. Uh, my friends in public safety, please stay safe. Absolutely. Uh, real quick uh, text. I know we're late here, but uh, from Sandy from Stevens Point. My dad was on the Milwaukee Police Department for 33 years. I understand the absence of a family member during the holidays. You guys gave me a great idea to call my local police department to find out if any officer on duty has family out of town that I could perhaps invite him over for dinner as I'm going to have lots of food. Happy Thanksgiving, Sandy. And oh, what a great idea. Fantastic I love that. Idea. I absolutely love that. 